we're switching now to a, just a little two-part series that I'm calling The Balance, and that is staying stable in the world and environment that we live in that's so crazy. We're heading back to school. We're getting all these things back going in our lives. And I'll tell you, it's the plan of the enemy to stress you out, worry, uh, worry you out, flesh you out, and burn you out. Somebody say amen. I know that's right, right there. And so I want to give a kind of a little illustration. I need, I need uh, two guys. I need two guys that are outgoing. Young guys. I need some young buck guys who want to do an illustration for me and be crazy and be, all right, come on, Jade. I see Jade. Who else we got? All right, come on, right there. There, there you go. All right, come up here, guys. Awesome. Come on, man. Jade, stand right here. We're going to do it on the ground. Jade, you're tall enough. Everybody can see you. I, I have to stand and say, this is Jade. Jade is awesome. All right, come on. Here, here we go. Both of you guys get these. All right, now, you guys remember when you were youth and you did youth camp and they had the chubby bunny thing and then they had the bat spinning on your head thing. Did you ever do that? This is our version. Stand in the light where everybody can see you guys a little bit. There, there you go. There you go. So I want you both to face this way towards that pole. Pastor Jonathan, go put that shirt down there. I want to give you something, but you got to earn it, okay? Okay, and so what we're going to do is, uh, have you ever done this before where you, put, you bend down and you, and you put the stick to your head and you spin around? Yeah, as fast as you can. You got to go 10 times. And then, and then when you finish, whoever gets finished the fastest, then you take off running and get to the shirt before he gets to it because it'll be yours, all right? And then, listen, these shirts are worth like hundreds of thousands of dollars. They really are about three, you know, but somewhere in that range. All right, so, so are you ready? Put you, go ahead and let's, let's help them a little bit. When I count to three, you spin as fast as you can. You got to go 10 times, and we're going to count. You'll be listening for our count, okay? Because we're really good at counting exactly right. Okay, are you ready? One, two, three, go. Fat one. Two, two, three, seven, three, four, seven, eight, ten. Go, go. Ow! Slide and dive. Come on, give them a hand. They did so good. Good job, guys. Hey. Let's get them both for sure. Would you mind, Pastor John? Good job, guys. All right, so what I love about this illustration is if you've ever done it before, what happens is you get to spinning so much that when you come out of it, you're, out, you're off balance. You're unstable. So you're trying to run, and it's so funny to watch them. But, you know, when you're that young, you still have your equilibrium. All us old folks know there ain't no way you get me to do that, buddy. I've seen them take out rows of chairs. I've seen them take out crowds of people trying to run with all they got, and they won't go straight. And it's because life or circumstances or the spinning, if you will, and I'm connected to our life, has so spun us around that we become unbalanced. And so I've titled this The Balance. And I want to help us today to, to begin to identify what's causing us to become unstable. See, it's my desire for you, sir, that when your children talk about you 20 years from now, they say, my daddy never quit on God. My daddy was a man of God no matter what came, even when my mom had this happen or we had this happen in our family or he's lost his job. He stood there and could not be moved. No matter how the storms were raging, no matter what was happening, my mama was a woman of prayer. And she could not be moved emotionally. She could not be pushed around by the enemy. And she stood. She never lived a life that was stressed out. She never got to the place where she was burned out because she knew how to be a stable person in God. That's what I want for every one of you in this room. Do you believe that? Say yes. So our key verse here is James chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 5 through 8. And I want you to just kind of look at this with me in the living. I know for some of you that's a demonic translation, but it's good for today. And James chapter 1 verses 5 through 8 says it like this. 
If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. It's on the screen in case you, it, you didn't realize it. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is, an uns, is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Verse 8, and this is the real piece we want to hone in on. Their loyalty is divided between God God and the world, and they are unstable. They are unstable. They are unstable. They are unstable in everything they do. Now, if you look at the early part of this passage, what James starts out to do is he starts out by communicating to them, listen, I want to address the troubles that you're having in life, the difficulties that are coming upon you, and the, and the, and the crying out for relief and, 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 and you know, something to break loose. And he says, listen, I want to teach you something. As you read the early parts of, verse, of chapter 1, he says, I want to teach you something. Just embrace it because these difficulties, these horrible troubles are actually teaching you to stabilize because they're hitting you on every side. It's going to cause you to begin to put your weight in the right place. And no matter what comes, you can't be pushed aside because you've got a good balance. You're stabilized in who you are. So no matter what happens, he says, and then, listen, if you're beyond that and you just can't stabilize, he says, listen, call on God. He won't be mad at you. He won't treat you like you're an idiot because you needed help. Just the opposite. But if you call on God, don't call on him half-heartedly. Oh, God, will you help me a little bit? Oh, no. Because that man is unstable and he's double-minded. Either serve God or don't. But don't half-call on him and then be mad at him when he didn't do what you wanted him to do because you didn't really even stabilize with him. You didn't even let him do what he was trying to do in your life. And that's what this whole passage is about. It's about you and I learning to become stable to become balanced in our walk with Jesus Christ. You know, a lot of people, when they talk about balance, they're, they're usually talking about it from a humanistic point of view. Well, I just need balance in my life. What they, even Christians, I've seen Christians that are so humanistic, say, so what is humanism? Humanism is the belief or the concept that life, everything around life, it centers around me. Whereas I'm a theist, everything in life centers around God. And so whenever I try to say, I want to have a balance in my business, I want to have a balance, I want to have balance with my business, I've got to balance out my business, I've got to balance out my family life, I've got to balance out my church life, I've got to balance out my friend's life, and we're trying to balance all these things, here's the problem, you can never really get the balance. And so you're always stressed out and always having all these freak out moments. Why? Because you're trying to make all of these plates spin. I got to keep my family doing good. I got to make sure my wife knows I love her. I got to also do good at work. Oh, but if I do good at work, that means my wife doesn't get to see me. And if my wife doesn't get to see me, then she's mad at me. She leaves me and takes the kids with her. And then now I'm really depressed, so I got to work more. And you're trying to balance all these things when really what you have to learn to do is we are the God is the center of everything. If I just serve him with all of my heart, he'll keep me in right relationship with my wife. He'll cause my kids to to serve the Lord all their days and respect me. He'll cause me to prosper at 38 hours a week instead of 90 hours a week in my job because he will promote me beyond all the difficulties that everyone else is going through because he is the centerpiece of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. That's why we sing that. Because it's not about can I keep everything going, it's can I just get centered in him and he will keep everything going. And then there'll be times where he says, now step away from that and do this. And you're like, but that was my centerpiece. No, Lord, you're my centerpiece. Where you go, I go. Your ways are my ways. What you ask of me, I will obey and I will walk therein. And so as we look at this, I want you to see how 
balanced. How stable Jesus was. Look at this moment uh, when Jesus is asleep in the middle of the storm. We'll just kind of pull out Luke chapter 8, verses 24 and 25. Now, if I could kind of put it in perspective, they're in the boat. They're going across the lake. And, uh, and, 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 and Jesus is exhausted. He's been ministering and preaching. So he lays down in the boat. And he just kind of gets comfortable. And I picture he's just kind of laying down in the boat. And as he's laying there, man, he just passes out. You know how dad does in the big chair right after work every day. And so he's passed out. About that time, the professional fishermen, the men who have lived their lives on the water, who can tell by the little cloud in the sky over there that we're going to get a little bit of rain here, who can tell by, by the way the water is churning how much time we have to get off of this water before a great storm happens. In the midst of this, all of a sudden, unbeknownst, unbelievable to them, a great Louisiana Katrina hurricane comes up in the middle of it. And so here they are, picture this boat. We're not talking about with any Evan Roos on the back of it. We're talking about they got sails and some paddles. Oh, dear Jesus, help me. And they got 13 men and a little bitty wooden boat with some sails with a little sheet action going, hoping to catch the wind. All of a sudden, this tornado, hurricane thing, and these professional fishermen, they're not even going to bother Jesus with it, number one, because he's a carpenter. He don't know nothing about this kind of stuff. We know what we're doing. I can handle the storm. I've been in this before. So they go about doing what you got to turn the nose of it that way. We got to pull out, the, start dipping the water out with this cup right here and start paddling and working the sail. And they're working. And the more they work it, the further the boat starts sinking down in the water. The more the waves are crushing, crushing down upon them, the more they're losing sight of the land and the darkness of all the storm. And in a desperate moment, they look at Jesus, and because here's what's happened. They've gotten themselves into the storm, but somehow Jesus ought to be to blame for it. You ain't never had that moment? And so they say, Jesus, don't you care? We're going to die. And Jesus gets up. Stop. <laughs> Cricket, cricket. And then he looks at him and he says, Well, Mystic, go back to my. He's not, we're not in James anymore. We're now in Luke chapter 8, which is the next verse, chapter. Anyway, he looks at them and he says, Oh, you have little faith. So, what happened? What happened? See, Jesus is not shaken by the storm because he's balanced. God the Father said he'll never leave me or forsake me. I can't die until my time comes and it ain't my time. I have purposes that I must fulfill. There is destiny on my life and I have to fulfill it. So it, this ain't the moment. Y'all can cry, y'all can worry. The, the plane might have got struck by lightning. Everybody said we, gonna die. we ain't dying because I'm on board and I haven't fulfilled what I'm supposed to fulfill. And he's a stable factor in the midst of the chaos. Are you stabilized in the midst of chaos? Or do you jump in there with them too, sitting around the coffee pot? I know, oh my God, they're going to lay us all off. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh my, I don't know. I'm going I'm to tell you what, I'm going to take this stapler right now. And I'm going to take this too. I'm going I'm to get something out of the deal. Let me tell you something. Jesus is the staple. He's, this, he's, this, he, he, he's so confident in God in the midst of the difficulty. That's where I want to get you to. That's where I want to be at. 
opposed to. Look at, look at John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 and 3. But John the Baptist has, was, was out there. He's baptizing. He's calling people to repentance. He is the forerunner of the Messiah. It's been prophesied over him before he was ever born. He knows about that prophecy. He's lived that prophecy. He's living a Nazarite vow, which means he's totally committed to God. He's a little priestly kid from the time he's born. And the Bible actually says, even in the womb, the Holy Spirit was upon him. And so we got John the Baptist. He's out there water baptizing people, and up walks Jesus. And John the Baptist stops everything. He says, hey, there's the Messiah, the King of glory, whose sandals I'm unfit to even unleash. And and Jesus walks up and said, hey, I need you to baptize me. He says, no, 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 sir. I can't do it. And Jesus says, you have to. He says, okay. And so it's John the Baptist has just prophesied, this is the Messiah. He water baptizes Jesus. As he pulls him up out of the water, a great voice, God the Father, speaks from heaven and says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Can you imagine? I mean, listen, you, you guys have been around sound systems. There's no sound systems 2,000 years ago. There's no accidental, the kid down the street, you know, you know flipped on the switch and it's coming from his bedroom. This is God, and it's overwhelming to where everyone knows, oh, my God. Really, oh, my God. He's my God, because uh, don't kill me. And in that moment, it, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, and all saw it in the form of a dove. John the Baptist has prophesied this is the one. He has water baptized him, heard God's voice in the middle of it, and then saw the Holy Spirit come and rest upon him. And then, within weeks, months, John the Baptist is arrested His ministry is stripped from him. He's sitting in prison. His disciples are coming to him. Can you imagine looking, peering through the bars to him? He said, what do we do? What do we do with the ministry van? Do you want to sell it? I mean, tithes and offerings are down. Nobody's sending in support. What do you want to do with the television program? I I don't know. I don't know. And discouragement sets in. And when we pick up right here in verse two, and when John heard in prison what Christ was doing, it says this, he says that he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He's asking, hey, um, were you really the Messiah, or should I look for somebody else? You prophesied he was the Messiah. You were standing there when God spoke from the heavens, ripped open. He said, this is my boy. Go ahead, Jesus. You were there. You saw the Holy Spirit. You saw it. What are you talking about? Are you the one? Can I tell you something? If you're not careful, no matter how great you are, there'll be moments in your life you'll lose your stability because all of a sudden discouragement has set in and now you don't even know who you are and you don't know who he is anymore and you've lost the balance. And the beauty of walking with Jesus is to walk that balanced life where you and I stay with him on the path with him and where he goes, I go. And I'm not shaken by all the storms around me. They're not blowing me and knocking me off because I am stable in God. I know who he is, and I know who I am. That's what he wants to do for me and you. We see the same thing with Peter. Peter promises, I will never, I will never forsake you. Give me a sword. I'll kill them all when they come. So Peter's got this little butcher knife when they come to arrest Jesus in the garden. Can you imagine, you know, the little butcher knife? And there's 500 soldiers coming to get Jesus in the dark. We're not talking about a lit area. We're talking about out in the woods at night with lanterns, torches, excuse me. And they come walking up, and Judas grabs Jesus and kisses him. 
And Jesus said, with a kiss, you betray me. And about that time, the guard steps up to take Jesus. And Peter's like, ah! They may take our country and hurt our women, but they'll never take our freedom. Sorry, that was another movie. I got that confused. And he goes to cut the guy's head off. The guy ducks and he cuts the ear off. And Jesus says, stop it. Give me that ear. And he goes, ah! In my name. Can you imagine dried bloods down his cheek, you know, and stuff? And the ears all right back. And then at that moment, they all scatter. And they take Jesus. And he's in the courtyard waiting for the elders, waiting for the high priest to come. The guards have him chained up. They've got him pinned down against the wall somewhere. And everyone else is sitting around in the courtyard and around the little fires. And Peter kind of does that like, dun, 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 dun. And he shows up, and he's kind of standing there, trying to incognito. And all of a sudden, we'll pick up right there. We'll pick up right there in Matthew 11. Excuse me. Luke 22, verse 56. And it says, a servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. And she looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. By the third time he says it, he cusses her out. Let me tell you, beep, I ain't loving it, beep, with that Jesus, beep. Yes. Scripture's so alive when you read it. It's amazing. And in that moment, fear caused the man who's supposed to be the most stable out of all the disciples. Upon the revelation that I am the Messiah, I will build my kingdom, Peter. What you have inside of you, what you understand, that stabilitating factor right there, that peace, that stabilizing factor, excuse me, that peace, I'm going to build the whole church on. For I am the rock the builders rejected. I'm the cornerstone of it all. And that's it right there. You get it. I'm the Messiah. And here he is. Here he is in a weak moment, and he's so unbalanced, so unstable. Friend, I want you to know something. We're going to have storms. We're going to have difficulties. You're in some of them right now. You're like, you know, you're trying to put kid in school. You're trying to get all this stuff going. You got your ex-husband doing this. You got this one doing that. And, you're, and it's swirling all around you. Will you be a stabilizing factor? Or will you be caught up in all that's unbalanced? And before you know it, you're burned out, worried out, frustrated, agitated, mad at God. Come on, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've had it. I've been there. And so we want to learn the balance. Are you with me? Say yes. So let's start today. When we come back next week, we'll actually talk about how to develop balancing skills. But what we'll do today is we'll actually look in scripture what we see as things that cause us to become unbalanced. Are you still with me? Say yes. You got a couple more minutes? Say yes. All right, good. A couple things that cause us to become unbalanced. Number one, divided loyalties is how it's how the, the New Living uh, verbalized it there in James chapter 1 and verse 8 when it says it like this. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Can I tell you why you're not stable? Because you won't make a decision for Jesus and stick with it. You keep going back and forth, bro. I love you. I love you. But you can't say you love Jesus and go cheat on your wife, bro. 
You need to make a decision, either serve God or don't. But you're unstable because you're going back and forth with your loyalties. When Jesus said, listen, love me, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, then do it, friend. That's what's called being loyal. I'm loyal to my wife. I don't go mess around with other women. See, I'm loyal to I'm loyal to my God. I don't go mess around with other gods. I don't love anything else more than I love him. So it's safety. It's stability. Excuse me. It's stabilizing for my children. They go, daddy is always going to do what the Bible says. And when he messes up, he's going to repent like the Bible says. And God's going to readjust him and restabilize him. Friend, listen to me. Stop having divided loyal. Serve God or don't. It's not that hard. He said, oh, it's just so hard. No, it's not. It's because you won't make a decision and stick with it. And I've been that guy. That's the only reason I'm so passionate about it. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at me. I've been that guy. I'm embarrassed of those moments where I was back and forth cheating on the Lord. And friend, I'll tell you something. Just make a decision. And that's what he says here. He says their loyalties are divided between God and the world, and they're unstable in everything they do. Here's a second thing that causes us to be unbalanced, and that is carrying objects that are too heavy for us. <laughs> Anybody ever worked a wheel, wheelbarrow? I'm the only one? Thank you. Sir, thank you. I'm glad we work. The rest of these jokers need to get a job, don't they? I'll tell you that right now. I mean, I, have you ever loaded that wheelbarrow up so much? And you're like, uh, uh. Why? You did, I, I'll never forget, we were in Romania, and uh, we were going to do a big crusade in Romania out in the middle of this field. The problem was in the middle of the field was a 10-foot pile of rocks. And all they had was a wheelbarrow and four shovels. And so our first thought was, well, let's just spread it all out, and we'll just have a rock-bottom tent, you know? We'll just spread it all out. Well, you start trying to spread 10 feet of rock, I mean, it was taking forever. So, well, we got to wheel some of it off. And so, you know, I'm typical American. Pile it up. I got this. And so here I am. I, don't, I, 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 trip, I, I dropped that wheelbarrow. I spilt that wheelbarrow 10 times. It took me twice as long to move three things of real. If I'd have just done half the mount, but I wanted to get it all piled up. I want to do as much as I could do. And I'm trying to carry it all. And I don't understand why it won't balance and why it's so hard to control. It's because I had too much inside of the barrel. You're carrying too many things. Why are you worried about whether so-and-so, such-and-such's friend actually gets that job? That's not your problem. Why are you carrying that? Why, do you, why are you carrying offense that so-and-so got done wrong by such-and-so? You don't even know them. Get deli- why do you care if, if Christina Aguilera's, you know, getting a boob job or not? Who cares? Why are you carrying all this stuff? You are carrying more than you should be carrying. As a result, you are unbalanced and unstable. You've got all these things happening in your life. I, all, I, lo- I have so many wonderful people in my life. And I always fuss at the ones that are like my wife who overcommit themselves. And the reason why they do that is because they're the only ones responsible. The rest of us are like, oh, I don't feel like doing it. I don't, okay, I'll do it. But the problem with that is, is you begin to overcommit yourself. You get so much in the barrel that you can't keep up with it all. Can I just help you today? I want to teach you a new word. Everybody, everybody say it with me. Ready? One, two, three. No. Try it again. One, two, three. It's amazing. I got a better way to say it as a believer. I'm sorry. I can't do that right now. All right? Let's try it again. Ready? One, two, three. I'm sorry. I can't do that. I would love to. I love you so much. But my, do you see my barrel? Do you see this? I love you. I love, but that lazy guy over here, get over here. You ain't even got a barrel. And so what causes us to become unstable or unbalanced is because we got too much. And we're trying, and listen, I'm talking to some of you college students too, because you'll overcommit yourself and you'll say, oh, I'm going to go to this. I'm going to be a part of this and praise the Lord. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to commit to read 18 chapters a day in the Holy Scriptures. Yeah, you are. Five days into that, you're like, I'm a loser. 
I'm going back to drugs. Because I can't read 18 chapters a day. Dude, are you out of your mind? I mean, just put some in the barrel. Don't try to get it all moved at once. Come on now, I'm speaking truth right there. That's good preaching, even if you're not listening. I'm telling you, that's good stuff. I've done it. I've been that guy, man, that crashed it all because I had too much going. And I'm telling you, he wants to burn you out, worry you out, and stress you out. And this is the season where it all starts. This is the season because new things are happening. Kids are going back to school. Next thing you know, you volunteer for this. You signed up for that. You got to bring them over here. Listen, you can tell little Johnny, I love you, but you're not playing six sports and make me drive you to all of them. I love you. I love you. I'm not going to do it. You're not going to kill our family because, you know, because the teachers all say you need to do all this. I love them too. They're awesome. But you don't need to be in drama and choir and sports and five sports in one year just so you can get that on your Leatherman's jacket. You're going to kill us and we're going to end up stabbing you, so we're not going to do it. It's not going to. Understand that. I'm serious. I mean, it's, it's the best thing you could ever do. Okay, here's the third thing that will cause us to become unbalanced. And I'll tell you, I'm always on Adam McCain about this one right here. And that is wayward thinking. Wayward thinking. You know, the enemy is constantly bombarding, bombarding our mind with thoughts that we should not even be lingering on. What if this happens? What are you going to do if that happens? What if they shot, shut down the shop? What are you going to do? And before you know it, you got all this worry and stress. And then you, and then you can't come to church, and you don't want to go to small group. You don't want to connect with anybody because I'm just so stressed out. Yeah, how come you watching eight hours of TV a night? You ain't got time to do nothing. I've just, just got so much going. Yeah, because you've got so stressed out. Why? Because of all the wayward thoughts. Look what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What if he goes back and cheats on me again? <laughs> Jesus, did you hear that? Did you hear what that devil put in my head? Well, he's going to go cheat on me. I'm the righteousness in Christ Jesus. I've been praying and fasting over this sucker. He ain't going back to his old ways. He's going to be delivered. I'm not, I'm not entertaining that thought. I'm not going to live in fear or depression over what, you, what might, could have, would have, should have, might, didn't happen. You'll get to watching everybody around you and think, oh, everybody's in a conspiracy theory against you. All my coworkers, they're trying to get me fired. I know they are. All these thoughts that come out. You need to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. If it doesn't line up with the word, throw it out. If it's not God thought, throw it out. That's why it says, the word of God says, think on those things which are lovely and honest and of a good report. Stop thinking about how everybody's against you. Stop thinking about how everybody isn't speaking properly of you and they're not respecting you and they're not doing right by you. Listen, stop, throw all that out and just be a servant of the living God. When you and I just be a servant of the living God, we can just, it's just so easy. It's so easy to walk on a little small pathway. People tell me all the time, it's so hard to walk for Jesus. It's so hard to stay right with God. No, it's not. No, it's not. Get balanced. Get centered in Christ and Christ alone. And he'll walk you through all that stuff. And the storms are going to come. Are you going to be the guy going, we're going to die? Are you going to be like Jesus? You little faith, stop. Thank you. All right, I'm going to go back to sleep. You got another pillow or anything, right? That, that, that's the stabilizing. Last final piece, and we got to start closing out. And that is the fourth thing that causes us to be unbalanced is when we have halted forward progress. Halted forward progress. Look at Philippians chapter 3. One thing I do, verse 13 and 14, one of my favorite scriptures. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal. Can I tell you what happens to all of us? The moment we start feeling stressed or overwhelmed, we start locking down. And we think, you know what, if I'm not moving. 
from right here. And, and, and I don't know if you taught your kids how to ride a bike and how many of you know how to ride a bike. This is my daughter's bike because my bike wouldn't fit in the car today. But if you've ever tried to balance riding a bike, where is the most difficult place in riding a bike to balance? That's right, when you're sitting still. The best way to balance on a bike is to move it, to get it moving. So what we do in our walk is the moment things start having problems, the moment stuff starts happening, we start going, you know what, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to stop doing what God was telling me to do. I'm going to stop because you know what? It's too hard to keep balance. No, no, just the opposite. That's why the enemy tricks you. What you need to do is start moving forward. Keep doing what God told you to do. Go forward with God. So you know what? No, I'm going to preach more. You know what? I'm going to go to three small groups all going. I'm not going to stop this thing because if I stop and I can't figure out why, I can't, oh, oh, it's so hard. Life is so tough. Yeah, because you stop moving. Keep moving for Jesus. If you ever ride a bike and teach your kids to ride, the most difficult moment is when you put their little derriere on the back of it and you say, okay, here you go now. You can do it. And they're sitting there. <laughs> and then what do you do? You push them. Don't you push them? You're running behind them. Come on. Come on. And you're praying, oh, God, don't let them take out the mailbox. Oh, God, don't let them take out the mailbox. But you know if they'll keep pedaling, they'll get their balance. The trick of the enemy is for you to say, you know what? It, I don't like where I'm at. I don't like what's happening. This sucks. This stings. I want another job. So you stop, you lock down, and you start trying to find how you can get out of your situation. And all you do is cause more problem. If you'll keep moving, keep going to work every day with a smile on your face. Keep loving them. Keep being nice to the, fa- to, to the husband he gave you, even if you don't like him. Just keep being nice. Eventually, it's going to work out. Now, I want you to pretend with me for a moment that this is one of those balance beams in the Olympics. You know, and they get on it, what do they do? They get on it. And what do they do? Isn't that what they do? Now this is what we do. We get on it, we're like, oh! oh. I'm just glad I'm, I'm in this thing called Christianity. I'm just going <laughs> to, okay, okay, all right. I'm good, I'm good. I'm not moving. I got my husband. I got my kids. I got a job. I ain't, I ain't never going on a mission trip. We might die. I ain't never going to a small group because then people know my junk. No, I'm holding on right here because this is safe. Oh, my God. And then at the end of the age, when the end of the world comes to an end and we stand before God, this is what you then do. And the judges are sitting, the great judge is sitting there. Uh, don't really know how to rate that. <laughs> they didn't really do anything. Um, hmm. They held on good. That was good. They got up. I guess we'll, we'll give them a one out of 30. Huh? Well, okay. It's a trick of the enemy. When stress comes and difficulty comes, don't lock down. I'm just going to hold on. Listen, you're already in Christ. Keep moving with him. Just keep moving with him. Same thing he told you to do. Somebody said to me, he said, you know, how do you know what to do in God? I just keep doing the last thing he told me. And, And the last thing he told me was five years ago. And so in the midst of that five years, there was a couple of times like, hey, are you even still there? Because that seems like old orders. And they're not, I don't look like we're getting very far in this whole thing. 
but I just remained faithful to it. And now we're sitting in the supernatural movement of the Lord. Because we as a team just stayed. I mean, we would show up on Sunday nights. This kind of stinks. Praise the Lord, though. We're going to stay faithful. And we would just worship. And we would sing. And there would be one visitor. And I would preach my guts out. Some of you out here, one visitor. You're here and you're not right with God. Somebody in this room's got to be lost and needs to get saved. And there's only one of you, bro. And so this could be the night. Because <laughs> I, I knew everybody in the room except you, bro. So you must be the one who needs to get saved. Oh, you're a pastor visiting. Okay, thanks. So, oh, well. So what are we doing this for? You know, we're not really helping people. But I stayed faithful. I stayed faithful. And I stayed peddling. I just kept peddling. <laughs> and I stayed stable. And I stayed balanced. And I stayed on the path. Won't you stand with me all across the room?